Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram is a financial advisor directed Galileo Capital. Is it time to pack your bags? It's a conversation I think lots of people are having. Certainly the interviews I've heard with various people who run emigration agencies, people who um, help people to find out whether or not they've got a distant great auntie in a foreign land that allows great nephews and nieces to emigrate there if they have, you know, 75 cents or whatever the case is. Um, there's, there's been a surge and there always is a surge in inquiries. Not everybody does take the plunge, Warren. But people are apprehensive about the future, and it's, I think, perfectly natural after a week that we saw last week that people feel that way. You're right, Bruce, and I, and I think it uh, feels a bit shocking almost in a way where we, we've gone through just before that, you know, a few weeks of good news where it felt like the, you know, the good guys were winning and, uh, and, and things were moving in a direction and, you know, might have been slow, but, you know, everything was starting to kind of gain traction and, and then we had this, you know, awful time. And and I think, you know, that, that, that sort of um, whipsawing action j- just makes the whole the whole situation so much worse. And as you say, I mean, it's it's a human thing for us to feel that. You know, it's a human thing to be angry. I mean, I'm really angry, and and uh, and a lot of us, you know, I mean, I mean, I haven't said it on air, but I'm, you know, my wife and I are temporarily. In the in KZN, and it was real. You know, it was real. Not not knowing where you're going to get food and those kinds of things, uh, and and so you know, being in a situation like that, ca- coming out of that, and and then you know, having to kind of zoom out and and look around and say, you know, th- things are maybe not as bad as you think. It's it's quite an emotional time for for most South Africans, and especially those sitting you know closest to to the coalface of this. And and so it's difficult, uh, you know, sometimes to 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 try and be rational and and kind of level-headed and balanced in one's view, uh, but, but I think that's exactly what we need to do in a time like this. It's it's really important not to to look at this and say everything's wrong. You know, everything's gone south. You know, the whole country's going down the tubes now, and 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 you know, any good that was done before seems to now be forgotten. Uh, and I think that's maybe the perspective that, you know, that I want to talk about is we, we need to realize a lot has gone right in the last you know, months and, and, and maybe years now where, you know, I mean, you know, Zuma, Zuma's in, in jail, maybe not right to, today, you know, you know he's, he's attending a funeral, but, but the point is he is in jail. And that's something that a lot of doomsayers said would never, ever happen. We, we, we could have taken huge bets with lots of people saying that, you know, that's just not something that we would see in our lifetime. And, and that happened, you know, and, and we're seeing more and more bad people being suspended. We're seeing a resolution around SAA. We're seeing, I think, a, a resolution on, around Transnet coming very soon. Uh, and, and we're seeing a deregulation of ESCOM. All of those things are, are bits and pieces of really good news. Yes, you could argue they've taken too long. We, we've seen the country doing more than 250,000 vaccinations. Uh, I've had many of my, my industry colleagues telling me that, you know, uh, w- with great conviction that they wouldn't see South Africa vaccinating large numbers until late 2022. <laughs> and they were, say- they were saying it with deep conviction. And, and here we are. No, absolutely. I mean, the, the, we, we always assume the worst and we're kind of surprised when the worst doesn't transpire and we, always, we don't believe the good when it happens. Here is our brutal reality, though, exposed to us in painful orange uh, technicolor last week in terms of the fires of rage and anger and possibly 
uh, the fires of political insurrection. I don't. I, I'm still not sure until I see some convictions whether or not I I buy sort of political paranoia on this particular point. Um, but there does seem to be an, an elevated level of vindictiveness associated with last week's with last week's riots. Is the vulnerability of the country as a result of the failure of proper economic growth and transformation? That is the the biggest failure. Lots of stuff's gone right. Yes, the sun shines. Yes, the the Boca do well. Yes, we've got an Olympic team at the Olympics and we may bring home some medals. And it's going to be fabulous and we will celebrate that. But 42% of people who want to work can't get a job, Warren. And the vulnerability of those people to the tide of misinformation and the promise that things will get better if you just go and help yourself. The lies that they are told and their vulnerability to those lies reveals a very fragile underbelly, doesn't it? It does. And and I think, uh, you know, I know some of your points you're making uh, might sound flippant, but, but but I know they're not. And and I think the the, the reality is that some of those things, um, you know, that have happened, you know, the, the the deregulation of of the power market in South Africa, are critical uh, events in in creating jobs. We we are we are in an environment where I feel that uh, um, you know we, we've we've got a, at at least a, a few people in charge of the ruling party right now who have a deep understanding that 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 the time for ideology is is not now. And and that things need to happen economically uh, for for us to create jobs because the, this threat that that's been looming over us for years has come, uh, and it has arrived. And and you know we we can speculate for years about the exact uh, match that lit this fire, but but the you know the 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 ground was laid for this a long time ago, and it, it is here now. And and so it's I'm hoping that this was the kind of stark message that that, that the rest of the, the leadership in the ANC and the unions and business needed to hear, which is, you know, stop wasting time, stop talking about things and let's take action. And that's my point. Action was mm. starting to be taken even before this. And I think it is, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here predicting that this was the crystallizing moment where South Africa stared over the precipice yet again. And, and you know, now everything's going to be great. We've got enormous problems. But, but what we what we really lacked, I feel, as a country, was a political leadership that that felt the urgency to actually take action, and, and I feel like that was starting to happen. And I'm hoping dearly that that things will start to speed up. And I don't think it's just me. I, I, I've been on the phone with a large number of fund managers this week, w- watching many of their their investor briefings this week, uh, and and you know the, the events of the of the recent past are are on everyone's mind. And fascinating to see that these fund managers who, who are able to move money uh, wherever they want are, are saying that they're expecting the South African stock market to, to deliver us returns of, of in the region of 18 to 23% a year for the next five years. And these are people that have no vested interest in saying that. You know, three, four years ago, they were saying they're expecting much bigger returns from the international markets than from the JSE. And for them to pivot in, in that way after the events of last week is, is something worth considering. These are not all South African fund managers. And I think that's the message for me is, is we're, we're sitting in a time where, where a lot of us will be listening to these doomsayers out there, you know, kind of beating their drums, saying, you know, now we told you so, get your money out. You know, if you, if you haven't already, you know, 
sell it, sell everything and go. And here are global fund managers and South African fund managers saying, we think this is a place where you can do really well. I mean, 23% a year, if, if that's the optimistic scenario for the next five years, is a heck of a return. You know, you're more than doubling your money over that time. And so what are they seeing that we're not? And I think what they're seeing is a lot of this, this that happened in the last week has been kind of forecast to us by, by these kind of, especially global managers. They, they, they didn't necessarily say you're going to have looting and, and rioting, but they've been saying for a very long time, you as a country have enormous risks and, and those risks uh, you, you know, were shown to us. That doesn't mean that it wasn't already in the price of a lot of what's, uh, you know, of our assets. And I think for me, that's a critical point. Okay, good. Thank you, Warren. I mean, yesterday, the chief executive of JSE Limited, of course, Leila Faree, was tweeting about the valuation of the JSE relative to the rest of the world. And again, you know, she is the chief executive of JSE Limited. She wants people to buy shares. She wants volumes of trade to, to grow on the JSE. But I'm quite encouraged by that particular perspective. I've got a question for you this evening, Warren. Um, and that question is kind of related to the broader theme of what we're doing. And uh, this is, it says, I've got a personal finance question for Bruce to pose to Warren. Okay. Oh my, chopped liver. Uh, last week, I last year, I had to liquidate all my investments to get my family through COVID. Fortunately, I'm in a better space now. I'm glad to hear that. And disposable income again to invest. I am starting from scratch, so I wanted to find out how much money should I keep in a cash reserve before I start investing in the market. Three months or six months salary. Also, should I focus initially only on building up my cash reserve? Good question. Or should I invest cash and the market concurrently? Big word as well. That's from Benedict. Benedict, we'll get to your question. Well, get an answer to your question. In a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. There's an email uh, just uh, this week, uh, Warren, and his, he had to liquidate investments to get his family through COVID, but he's in a better position now. And he wants to start investing in the market, but also he wants to build up cash reserves. That emergency fund, you always tell us, is so important. Um, can he do it concurrently? Because the temptation is so strong, especially if he believes the view of the asset managers you've been talking to that suggests that, you know, for the next five years, we should see some very nice returns on the JSE. So he wants, you know, he doesn't want FOMO. He doesn't want to be sitting, you know, building up this emergency fund and watching markets run away from him because that'll really annoy him, I think. And I understand the, the, the you know, the temptation because it's, you know, it's good to be greedy when others are fearful. And, and certainly, <laughs> I think uh, fear levels are heightened in South Africa. So so it is a good time to, to, to have this attitude that, you know, climbing into investments now could be an opportunity, you know, you know that's not often repeated. Uh, I think the problem for me, though, is when someone's just come out of a kind of fi financial trauma like, like Benedict has been through with, with COVID, then I think, uh, you, you know, when you've got no reserves, um, unfortunately, life happens again. You know, that, that's what happens. It just seems to repeat itself. And, and the best way to, to protect yourself against, you know, the next sort of financial disaster is you, you have to get some form of financial insurance. And for me, the best form of financial insurance is that emergency fund. 
and and typically, uh, you know, I see um, Benedict, you know, saying th three months to six months of his salary, um, and and I think slightly different, Benedict. I, I believe it should be three to six months worth of your expenses. So, in a situation like this, where where you'd like to get going on investments, I, I understand that, but then perhaps try a compromise, which is save at least three months worth of your expenses as a starting point. Don't start investing before then. And once you've hit month three of your of your monthly expenses and that's saved in some kind of a money market account to place that you can access the money quite quickly and, and easily and no penalties and fees and all that stuff, then you can start saying, well, let, let me invest some money uh, in, into the markets and then some money to kind of keep boosting the emergency fund until it gets to that six months of expenses. So, so I think it's an important thing to do. You have to get your emergency fund going before you do anything else, but you can start to do it concurrently, as you say, once, you, once you've got your first three months of your emergency fund built up, and then by all means, you know, you know get going on the, on the investing after that. And, and it's amazing when you do that, uh, you know, th those financial emergencies just don't seem to happen as much. And, and, and the reason for all of this is if you have another finan financial emergency, you have no emergency fund, that means you have to go into debt. And debt is always an incredibly expensive thing when you need to get it in a hurry, um, you know, for short-term expenses. And, and there are no investments that are guaranteed to grow as fast as your debt will compound against you. So, so unfortunately, you do need the emergency fund before you start the investing. But then I agree, get going, Benedict. Uh, I sometimes forget how sensible you are, Warren. I thought you were going to get all prescriptive and bossy, but you didn't. You, you met him halfway. I thought that was very nice. <laughs> now, listen, um, phrase of the week. I know this one. I know the answer to this one, but I'll let you explain it. What is market capitalization? It's thrown around like sweeties um, at a party. Uh, people sort of assume everyone knows it, but what is market capitalization, otherwise referred to as market cap for the cool kids? Yeah, market cap is is what you what you tend to hear from the you know the stockbrokers and fund managers when they're talking about the stock market, and they'll usually say something like, "This is a large cap, a mid cap, or a small cap company," and and so the context of that is market capitalization is the the, the number of shares that are that are issued by a company that investors can buy times by the share price. So in other words, it's the total stock market value of that company. And, and very simply, you know, if a company issues 10 million shares that are available to be bought and sold on the stock exchange, and, and you know, you, you know the, there are um, shares trading at 100 rand a share, that means that the, the company has a billion rand market capitalization. And, and so that's the, the, the kind of brief thing. And, and then, you know, large cap, mid cap, small cap just simply means you know, are these companies very valuable, you know, sort of medium, medium sized or smaller sized and not in terms of are they cheap to buy or, or are they currently expensive, but just sheer size of the company in terms of, of the, the market capitalization. So, so it's not really a measure of is it a good time to buy that company or anything like that. It's simply a measure of size. And in South Africa, you know, we, the, the, the big dogs are, are kind of four, four or five of the biggest companies in the JSE make up, you know, a huge part of the value, you know, way more than 60% of the value of the stock market. So, so the size of those companies are, are so big proportionate to, to the rest of the market. But, but that's market cap in, in, in a kind of shortish, longish explanation. Thank you, Warren. Um, let's just check your general knowledge. I want to see how good you are on this. How many doses of vaccine have been administered as of the close of business today in South Africa, considering the really rubbish start we had? 
Can, can I have a one clue? Is it more or less than Thursday, than Wednesday? Well, obviously it's more than Wednesday. So that we we did about two fifty seven, I think. Uh, no, 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 sorry, no, 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 I, no, 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 sorry, no. Fewer vaccines were administered today than on Wednesday. Yesterday was the best day so far, at two hundred fifty seven thousand four hundred ninety two. Today, just two hundred thirty eight thousand, so slightly less. But in total, we've administered six million vaccines and of the adults fully vaccinated so um that is uh people who have received all the jabs right. they need two million two million adults fully it's, vaccinated it's celebrating it is i mean great we're late to the party we shouldn't i mean you know we, we mustn't celebrate the failure of the beginning but boy oh boy we're playing catch up nicely and that's what I'd like to see. Warren Ingram, thank you from Galileo Capital. Uh, big discussion this evening on the future of South Africa, the future of investments. I haven't seen uh, those reports of the predictions of some of the big fund managers, which was nice to hear. Thank you, Warren Ingram.